and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I am your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined by my friend Maddie. Hey, how are you going? Good, thank you. Well, we are reviewing a 90s Tom Cruise film this week. It is very famous for a few different reasons. It is called Jerry Maguire. It was made in 1996 and directed by Cameron Crowe. And I think for a few different reasons, a lot of people think of this as a very iconic Tom Cruise movie. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot of really iconic lines in it, like the show me the money line. I hadn't seen this up until today, which I'm kind of embarrassed about, actually. I usually, like, I usually consider myself pretty up on my, my 90s trash mm. genre, but somehow this has just always eluded me. But nonetheless, like, the show me the money line. The, uh, you complete me and yeah uh, you had me at hello yeah, the, yeah these are just in the the pop culture zeitgeist that yeah. everybody's aware of well if it's any consolation until i became obsessed with tom cruise i'd never seen this movie either oh that's good so right. i feel a little bit better <laughs> i i didn't have an interest because as soon as it's even remotely romantic i'm like goodbye i'm out of here See, I'm the opposite. I actually really love a trashy 90s rom-com. I, I think they're the, the best era for rom-coms because they've got this hyper-intellectualized, wanky sort of... And I mean, it's Cameron Crowe, so definitely. Exactly. <laughs> but like, they all... I was thinking this while we were watching it. They've all got this like Kevin Smith-esque sensibility about them where they're just like super into themselves and just really intellectual for the sake of it. There's nothing really happening in the plot. It's just a dialogue train the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Jerry Maguire absolutely like exemplifies that 90s kind of quirky, nothing's really happening, but we're so in love. Yeah. Sort of rom-com. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it as well, uh, we're going to go through it all for you. So you don't have to watch it if you hate romance movies like I do. Yeah, it's it's a very much a product of its time. I can see why a lot of people love it. Like I have friends who are like, uh, one friend was talking about it with me and he said he loves it. And I'm like, hey, I'm not really into it. He's like, I think it's a dude's romance, like rom-com sort of movie. Like it's it's as lovey-dovey as 90s dudes probably wanted to get. And they'll be like, oh, look, at it. it's football and there's a bit of romance, but mostly football. And yeah, yeah I think that's why it appeals to a lot of people. It, I mean, it's it's got a good cast and it's, it's an easy watch. I just wish I didn't hate romance so much, I guess. Um, Tom Cruise looking like a snack, like peak They're... handsome Tom Cruise. I think, yeah, he, he was pretty good. He was kind of a babe. I'm not usually, I haven't historically been on the Tom Cruise babe train aside from Interview the Vampire. Yeah, Which obviously. is like <laughs> its own thing entirely. <laughs> but okay, like it was kind of, it was kind of a babe in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. I, I must admit. I think because he's a little bit slimmer as well he's not like the hyper masculine yeah like, he's kind of just an, a fairly normal looking dude aside like, from the tooth I, I don't know do we talk about the tooth on everyone the talks about the body tooth <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> it's just so all he does in this movie is smile I'm pretty sure the poster is just him smiling it is it's him smiling off to the side looking all sort of coy I haven't had a look at it but is there photoshop involved in the poster for Jerry Maguire uh, probably. I mean, it's a... I mean, I'm sure there's Photoshop in general, but, like, is his teeth... His teeth? No, he doesn't care about his teeth. But, like, the, the marketing department might well, care about Well, he's, he's off to the side. I'm going to follow that up later. Okay. Just to, like, <laughs> for my own interest. Let's go through the movie, I guess. I don't think it's a... I mean, I wrote heaps of notes, but it was mostly because I was trying to get, like, all the quotes and everything. There's a lot. Like, it is... My God, it's a quotable movie. But, basically, Drew Maguire, played by Tom Cruise, he is a sports agent... 
he is a very good sports agent. He is um, one of the main guys for Sports Management International, who are a big firm that have some of the biggest, uh, you know, American athletes. Uh, you know, the movie starts with him going through some really young, up-and-coming athletes, like a baseballer, basketballer, a gymnast, all this sort of stuff, and kind of going through about how good they are. And then it's like, it, all it takes is that just that little bit of oomph to become make you a superstar. And then it kind of carries on and talks about the industry. And very quickly, basically, he talks about how fucked up the industry is, how it's all about about getting the best clients, making the most money. There's no personal connection with any of their clients and things like that. So very quickly, we uh, find out that he's kind of becoming disillusioned and it takes, he goes to one of his clients who's like a hockey player who gets really badly concussed and is in hospital. And he's the son of the hockey player is like, how are we going to make him stop? This is his fourth concussion. This is awful. And it's like this tiny, like this little kid asking this. And he's like, not even a tank could stop your dad, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's fine. He's fine. And the kid's like, fuck you. Like, my dad's going to die and you all you care about is money. And so Jerry has his big epiphany, has a couple of drinks, goes home and writes a freaking, he calls it a mission statement, but it's like basically a memo just talking about how messed up the industry is and how much he wants things to change and how we should be more personal with our, with our clients and it should be less clients and more care, which yes, means less money, but why are we doing this job otherwise? He regrets it the next morning <laughs> when he goes to, when he realises the gravity of what he's done and but everyone claps as he walks into the office and so he's like okay that's fine but he pretty much immediately gets fired yeah that's basically the crux of it sports agent loses his job for you know giving a shit about people and we go from there uh, along the way we encounter the other protagonist which is Brene Zellweger and her name is Dorothy uh, they have a interaction briefly at the airport she's an accountant for the company and she went to the press junket that he went to so that's why they were both at the airport at the same time she straight away you kind of get the vibe that she's she's hard and fast yeah she, she loves him she has a big crush yeah she's um which is only you know strengthened when she bumps into him and says oh Jerry Maguire I work in the office he's like yeah Dorothy and no, like knows her full name knows exactly where she sits in the office and she's like oh my god he knows who I am kind of thing so she's pretty much smitten from then on and you meet her tiny child Roy who we love Roy you, we stand Roy <laughs> well like when I watch this movie I'm like oh this kid's gonna drive me nuts he's gonna be so oh is it Roy is it Ray I think it's Ray is it Ray it's Ray sorry <laughs> I'm thinking of another character who has got our own name uh yeah Ray sorry uh Ray is the cutest little kid like he isn't in any way annoying he's just endearing he spends a lot of time just quoting all his favorite facts and it's very cute and jerry Maguire actually seems to be really into this kid like straight off the bat which is really cute yeah so uh let's go back to him getting fired so yeah he's fired by basically his mentor which is bob sugar so bob sugar was his his protege jerry's protege and he's the one who's been tasked with the fighting and like as soon as jerry's like how dare you do this he's like how dare you do this to me you're the one who had you know suddenly got a heart and how do you think i feel firing my mentor like throws it back on him i'm like i don't know you're firing jerry like it was a very strange interaction like that was one of the most awkward scenes in the entire movie when so the firing occurs in, he takes him to a, a restaurant, which could very well be the restaurant that they're at later in the film, but I digress. So he takes him to a restaurant to do the firing so he can't make a scene. But just the interaction, but how Jerry responds to Sugar saying, oh, you know, you're done. It, it's all 
very awkward. Like, yeah. he's very analytical about it, which, you know, I you could argue makes sense because of his job. But mm. the whole thing is just a bit I think weird. We're, what we're set up to, what they're trying to set up is what Bob Sugar's like because... You know, oh, like that came across like yeah. <laughs> super clearly. Like, yeah, like he's uh, Sugar's... Not, a, not a very nice person, basically. He's kind of the villain in this story. Uh, so yeah, like Jerry's like, well, fine, fuck you. I'm going to take all your clients and start my own agency. So he raced, they both race back to the office. Jerry stacks it really spectacularly on the way to the office and like, they're tr- madly calling all of Jerry's clients. Bob Sugar's like, hey, Jerry's lost his mind. You should stay with us. You know, a big company and we'll look after you. Whereas Jerry's like, stay with me. You know, I've treated you well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jerry has terrible luck. In fact, by the end of it, he basically only gets one client because this one client is the one who keeps him on the phone while his phone board's like blowing up. But this guy's like, no, 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 you got to keep talking to me. You promised my wife that you would um, be more personal with me, blah, blah, blah. So he loses all these other clients. Except this one guy, his name is Rod and he's played by Cooper Gooden Jr. And this is the very famous scene in the movie where he makes Jerry Maguire yell, show me the money. Which is really weird because that's like, as I said before, that's such an iconic line from the movie. Even if you have, you've never seen it, you know that line. I would have assumed that would have come much later in the film and had much more relevance to the plot. Yeah. But then it's just like, I actually expected it to double back at the end and have there be some like big show me the money thing. Yeah. Like as a throwback, but it just never came. It's casually referenced like once or twice later in the film. It's like the end, he like rubs his hand together, like show me the money. Yeah, but it's like so minor. Barely, yeah, it's barely a thing. Like it's so iconic and yet it's at the start of the movie and then it's done which is yeah I guess you can't pick and choose what's going to be the most quotable thing in a movie I mean who hasn't said show me the money once in their lives hey so many (laughs) Uh, one thing we just missed uh, we were also introduced to the fact Jerry is engaged to I've forgotten her name Avery Uh, Avery and she's played by Kelly Preston who is John Travolta's wife in real life yeah so she is his hot in your face I think she works in the sports industry in some way I think she yeah she was some sales thing yeah, They're... something to its sales in the sports industry because you see her handing out NFL things at some point. Like, <laughs> the way you just do it on the plane at the start of the movie. But then, like, Renee's always kind of like, man, whoever whoever's snagged him you know he must be a real classy dame and it cuts them fucking <laughs> really like super really... there was so much naked tom cruise in this movie like he was yes. just fucking naked the whole time yeah because like, they they fuck and she's really intense and like saying like even he's got like, kind of like oh my god do you have to say and then at the end she like after they are done saying so oh if you ever want to threesome another girl you know I, I used to be into girls but it was just a phase in college but i'm still willing to like have a threesome with a girl if you want he's like you know we don't have to tell each other everything and then next minute they're eating strawberries naked at the they table. They were sharing strawberries. What the fuck? Who takes like a bite of a strawberry and then says, hey, partner, finish my strawberry. It was really strange. Yeah. Like my I'm... entire take home from that one and, scene. And like, also all I can think about is who's wiping those seats down afterwards because they just oh, had sex. Oh my God, they did. And now they're sitting naked on seats. Oh, oh gross. What? So many germs. What sort of seat were they? I don't know. Were they I... like wooden? You really hope they were like plastic or wooden. Yeah. And they're like a nice cloth seat. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just juices everywhere. Oh. Yeah, so we're introduced to her. Uh, she doesn't play a huge role. Um, she punches him in the face. Yeah, we do. We see some women on Tom violence uh, coming up. Yeah, the, the, then there's his uh, bachelor party. Just before he's fired, he also has his batch, big bachelor party where it's sort of drummed in that poor old Jerry has a bit of a problem with uh, intimacy and he absolutely cannot be left alone. Like, they, they really hammer that in. Like, this man just needs a woman in his life because he freaks out when the minute he's alone and not, doesn't have a woman there to kind of look 
after him, which is really great. Like, I'm so glad we can do that for you, man. Like, you know, you don't can't look after your own emotions, got to rely on a woman. To be fair, all of the women in that video seemed awesome. Yeah. Like, they seem cool as shit. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, I love him. He's so great. Man, he sucks at intimacy. And man, he cannot be left alone. And he's like, what a great bachelor's party. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, so... Fired as he's um after he's fired when he realizes he has no clients and he's kind of his prospects kind of suck. Like at the end of the day, he goes to leave. He's got his box with his a few mementos and some folders in there, and he does this big spiel. He's like, "I'm not gonna make a big scene before I leave," and then he makes a huge scene. It was uh, the biggest scene. He's like, "I'm not gonna we, I'm not gonna flip out," and he like flips out for a second, which is very funny. And he's like talking about what he's gonna do, and he's like, "Who's with me?" And everyone's just like, "No." And he like takes the fish with him because he's like, "It's all it's all about manners." These fish have manners so like he's kind of losing the plot a little bit grab some fish and the only person who decides to go with him is Dorothy she loved his memo so much and she obviously has a hots for him so she's like I'll go with you and then kind of leave awkwardly together and like an awkward lift down they're kind of like thinking about oh shit what have we done the first of so many bad decisions (laughs) I think I didn't notice the first time I watched this movie but this time I did is when they're riding down the lift and some people come in there using sign language and they're really smitten with each other and kissing and one of them signs the other you complete me which plays a role later I didn't like I I didn't realize yeah I'm like oh now I know where that comes from it's like he didn't even make that up he just wiped that from the from the deaf couple also super nice that they have a couple using something yeah and she's she's like oh i have a hearing impaired uncle they this is what they signed yeah i thought that was cool yeah it was yeah not something you normally see in 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 the 90s rom-com with tom cruise (laughs) definitely not so now he has to embark on his own which is daunting like he's accustomed to this really well-to-do cushy lifestyle and now he's kind of got to break out on his own with his single mum as his only sort of cheerleader we kind of see the uh fiance again briefly when she's trying to give him a pep talk about like you know you can do this you're you're really good at this you know we're going to do this together blah 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 and she's like and you're not a loser and he's like no one said i was a loser why would you say that and she's like oh i didn't mean to say that but yeah she's she's on his side for now can't i know you kind of get the vibe that she's Sounds fake, Avery. Yeah. With that pep talk on his mind, he goes out to see his um, other client, Cushman, who is played by Jerry O'Connell, who I have such a crush on. As a kid. Really? Did yeah. you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, sorry, segue time. But Jerry, I, I remember him super vividly from Tomcats, if you ever saw that. Yep. I, I have never been able to purge that movie from my mind. I think it was, like, the first thing I owned on DVD or, like, in the top, like, the yeah. first three. And he was in Scream 2? Yes. Was yeah. he, he was in one of them. I think it was two, and he had a really bad time. Yeah, wasn't he dating Jeff Campbell? Yeah, 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 Sydney's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember him from Sliders because... Oh, yeah, no, of yeah. course. Sorry, we have to have, like, a Jerry O'Connell appreciation moment. Yeah. Like, is that's he... going to be my side podcast <laughs> now. Yeah, so this guy is star quarterback. Don't know what team it was. Just uh, to reiterate, I don't know anything about sport. So, but he's, I know he's a star quarterback and he's highly sought after. So Jerry goes to visit his family and the, his dad kind of looks after all this stuff because Cushman's like, I just want to play sport. I just want to play football. I don't care about all this. So his dad does it all. And his dad's like, you came to visit us. And I said, if you did that, then I, we'd stay with you. But I don't sign contracts. So, you know, my word is as good as good as oak or something and jerry's like sure fine and we're like "Uh oh bad Mm. choices here dude Uh, as he jerry leaves and then there's another i think it's a fairly iconic moment which is 
Tom Cruise singing Free Fallen by Tom Petty in the car. That whole scene made me feel so fucking old. <laughs> like, I'm just sitting there. I remember all of those songs on the radio. And, I'm like, the fact that I'm even doing it back in my day. That's, oh. a, that's Cameron Crowe's speciality. Like, he picks songs that are really big at that time and, like, just puts them all in there. So you're like, wow, what a nostalgia trip every time you watch it. Because you're like, I remember every single one of those songs. And <laughs> horses kept playing. Like, yeah. not, not the Daryl, <laughs> not by Daryl Braithwaite, like, a different, a woman singing it. It was and just really strange, though. Like, the whole experience. Because in my head, this movie is much older than it is in reality. And now I'm much older yep, in my right. mind than I am in reality. <laughs> so, Jerry now has to kind of spruik his two clients. I don't know what this event is. I know it's it's in, like, a hotel lobby. I, I don't know. It's probably something common as well. I, th- I guess you, it's sports agents take their clients around and it's kind of like to get them their faces out there so that other teams will want them. Or oh, and probably for more for brands and stuff. Yeah, it's some sort of press conference because Rod is all like, "I don't want Reebok. I have that. I have this story with Reebok. I, you know, where's my Nike? Where's my all these other stuff? All you've got me is like a mattress ad so far." Jerry's kind of torn between Cushman's his star, like he's big guy. So you see, like Cushman standing there and all these press around him, and Rod standing there and like no one. The only people who go up to him is two kids. They're like, "Are you Hootie? Like, <laughs> like Hootie the Blowfish?" And he's like, "No, I'm not Hootie. Go away." Yeah, he's uh got to try and juggle this one, you know, really chill superstar football player, and then this other thinks he's worth more than everyone else sort of values him so he's kind of like if Jerry says at one point that like, you've got a real big chip, chip in your shoulder that's why we'll struggle with you so much yeah he goes through spruiking them all and everything that's a pretty good job but then he goes up to Cushman to kind of have another chat with him and Cushman's dad is like seems to be still fully on board with Jerry Maguire except Jerry Maguire intercepts a phone call they're like oh it's just been press all day why don't you grab it and just say no comment and Jerry doesn't and it's actually Sugarman Sugar on the phone being like if Jerry's there um just cough and I won't say anything so you don't have to say anything and so Jerry coughs and basically Sugarman's like, great, I'm glad you signed up with me. I'm going to get you that deal, blah, blah, blah. And so Jerry's like, oh, fuck, I've lost him. And the dad's even like, even though the dad was like playing along up to this point until Jerry kind of makes a, you know, says, hey, what the fuck's going on with this? And he's like, yeah, well, why are you out like with that black man? we signed the contract, like, as if he couldn't have another client kind of thing. It was kind of, it was really shitty. There were a lot of racist overtones with that bit, actually. Yeah. Like, the vibe was super, like, racist white football dude. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, all those values placed in this handsome white football player and the poor black dude who's probably just as good a player is, is really being overlooked. It's, yeah, pretty shitty. So I don't blame Rod for having a chip on his shoulder because he probably sees that all the time. Yeah, and for sure. fucked. Yeah, so now Jerry's only got one client. He's lost his superstar client to fucking sugar. What a prick. Yeah, he's um, a little bit miserable and so he's got no money. So he, meanwhile, he's also got this single mother working for him for nothing at the moment because... Yeah, she's he's paying her in love. <laughs> well, he's not paying her in no. love at all at this point. <laughs> She's getting or nothing. at any point. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, they fly home, Jerry and Rod, and like Jerry's feeling really sorry for himself. He's like, "See this jacket? I shouldn't have been wearing it because I'm cloaked in failure." Like, it was very dramatic. What a mood, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, Rod's like, "Yeah, I'm so sorry. You're having one bad time. Like, look at me. I'm having a bad time." And then he kind of explains why he's so hell bent on getting this really good deal because, which is true. Like, if he doesn't get a really good deal to see him through for the rest of his life, what's his family gonna do? Like. Or he's put all his life into being a football player. If he doesn't get the the good deal and they want to stay in Arizona, they want to stay for the team he's already on because they don't want to relocate this huge family of his. What are they going to do? Like, yeah, you kind of get why. They still sort of play like Rod's a bit of an asshole the whole time, even though he's 
justified why he was a delightful asshole though yeah he was wonderful and like his wife oh his wife played by regina king wonderful actress who was in the latest tv show Watchmen. oh she was too (laughs) i still haven't watched that i really want to oh she's she's wonderful in that so i i forgot that she was in this only thing i ever remembered that she was in was in enemy of the state i love that movie uh yeah she's in that and she is the one who's really pushing for this because she's pregnant and she doesn't want to take any shit from anyone whatsoever at any point and also fun fact uh jenna jackson was nearly going to be his wife yeah she auditioned and was successful but i don't know obviously something happened i don't think i love jenna jackson she's my favorite singer but i think regina had the right kind of forcefulness and tone i think jenna jackson's too soft-spoken and anyway yeah just a little just a little fun fact about who play that character uh so yeah now that jerry's you know lost his client and everything he obviously goes and tells his fiance and avery's not happy about it she's like yeah that's you've you fucked up dude like you didn't get a contract uh we are salespeople. that's what we do we get the sale we put it in paper and we get things done and so they have this big fight and he kind of goes no nah, i don't like this anymore like, we're done and she's like what the fuck like, you don't, no one dumps me and he does dump her and she takes she's taking it pretty badly at first but he kind of goes up to her to like no no make her feel better and then she punches him in the face twice and knees him in the guts and <laughs> knocks him to the ground and she's like you are a loser and then leaves storms off so i'm like there's so much happening in that though because like full would expect her to be the one to dump him in that scenario that seems to be like the plot point they're getting up to and then they subvert that and then she beats the shit out of him yeah there was so much happening like and again 90s rom-com that's wild yeah it was yeah not how you expected to turn out because she was there she was kind of more the asshole and usually it's the dude being the asshole and they kind of have a whole like actually now i think about it the whole theme is not a dude's assholes because we see it's a recurring thing of a divorced woman's club bitching about how horrible men are while jerry's about being this the nicest man in the world all the time i don't know maybe that was a thing it's like Uh, yeah that kind of changes the tone of it doesn't it i mean to be fair though like there aren't really any established characters aside from jerry in this movie no one that isn't a plot device yeah so now that he's no longer engaged uh he goes home and you know that whole thing he cannot be alone he goes home he gets a bit drunk and he's like well i can't be alone so i'm gonna go find my way to dorothy's house and i don't know ruin her life somehow which he does (laughs) he goes there like he's wearing glasses and he's acting really weird and when he takes them off she realizes he's got a big black eye and he's like oh i i broke it off with my fiance and like doesn't she go like yes in the background when she yeah which is such a weird response like if i saw a man with bruises all over him and he said i have just broken up with my female partner i would have a lot of questions yeah <laughs> like so why do you have a black eye how did like she, she? yeah <laughs> exactly no she's i mean she's too love struck she or the sun shines out of his ass really which we see him. later in the film <laughs> yes you're gonna see tom cruise bum it's wonderful you know he's over there drunk of his ass she's kind of excited because she's like oh he's single now and he's here so he must like me he interacts really well with my son that's all i need in a man and the sister who runs the divorce woman's club and is portrayed as a total man hater uh she kind of trying to give her sister all these warnings and you know Dorothy's like man I'm 26 years old most people out most of my age are out getting drunk and finding boyfriends and stuff like give me a break and the sister's like fine give you a break the sister's the best character she is she, <laughs> like she, yeah, yeah she's the only person who's got any kind of level head whatsoever in this and even though they kind of make her seem like a man hater and everything she is still best character like she comes off the best out of absolutely everyone I don't think she even hated Jerry no she didn't hate her she just hated the idea of men I think that was the whole I think she just wanted to look out for 
her sister. Yeah. Like, which I think is fair enough. And she's divorced and all those women are divorced and they're like, yeah, well, these are all the crummy things men have done to us. So is it terrible that I kind of wanted to go hang out with all the I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> wow, I love this idea. Like, let me tell you about this man and this man. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that's the thing. Like, they tried to make them seem like kind of shitty, like they were such, you know, man haters. I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> really? so bad. I was just like, I, yeah, this is fair enough. Great. But I was just like, I love them. This is so progressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the thing. I don't think I don't think it was that progressive in the nineties. I think they were they were showing it in more of a oh. and then Jerry was there to be like show that not all men are you know, not hashtag not all men kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. That's my interpretation. The exception, not the rule. So uh he goes over there, he has a bit of interaction with Reagan, who is a, continues to be adorable, and at the end of the night they have a little bit of a kiss and they're kinda of like, Oh no, we're meant to be boss and stuff, we're not meant to do this. So like the next day everything's very, very awkward and embarrassed but then he's like uh we can't let this get in the way we're you know our business relationship but also let's go to dinner and she's like oh okay it's meant to be like a work dinner mm. kind of catch-up thing but okay. she but she uh gets really really dressed up which is fine because she's a single mom and she doesn't get out of the house very much it's a great dress and she comes out in a very nice slim fitting black dress and he's like wow that's not a dress that's an Audrey Hepburn movie, which I think is another one of the famous. Is it? I've one. never I... heard that before. Oh, really? No, I've heard that a few times. Maybe it's from another movie. I don't know. I'm just annoyed that no one's ever said that to me. Well, I've never worn anything that looks like anything Audrey Hepburn would wear. In oh, I'm going to now. Like... <laughs> just waiting for people like, Audrey Hepburn movie, anyone? <laughs> yeah, so they have a very sensible Mexican meal together. Uh, like the uh, Mexican singers, the guitars come and try and serenade them. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's just, this is just a work thing. But when they get home to her house he's dropping her off he's trying to say goodbye and she just grabs him and goes in for a big smooch and it progresses from there really oh it was a lot it, there was so much happening in the scene so they're on the doorstep and it's progressed from them making out to Tom Cruise kissing down Renee Zellweger's well he breaks decollet. her straps of her dress off yeah that was, like, and was that in, I assume it was intentional but like they seem super awkward about it yeah but yeah there's just this super long scene of Tom Cruise kissing Renee Zellweger's like chest on the porch when the babysitter's there. We don't know if the, the divorced women's club is still there. Is the child there? Is the sister there? <laughs> There's a lot happening and it's all outside. And I'm like, yeah, just go, go inside. And like they keep doing like that. We shouldn't go inside unless you want to. And he's like, yeah, I think I want to. And they keep going back and forth. And eventually they do go in and they have a real good sexy time by the looks of it. We don't see any of that. The only sex scene we see is that really intense one at the start with the fiance. I guess that's the difference between sex with someone that he actually loves and someone who... That we don't see it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Rosario was like, I don't need to be seen on screen. Trying to That's fuck fair. I respect Tom that. <laughs> no one wants that, really. Uh, no, one, no, no one wants that level of judgment cast upon them. Uh, oh, then, like, the um, babysitter, as he leaves, is like, okay, if you're doing this, you better treat her right and also play this jazz music. Do you like jazz? Yeah. It makes me play this, the worst, like, cassette of jazz music uh, while they have sex in a room full of children's toys. Yeah. Very that- sexy. But I did like that the Power Rangers toy was the pink Power Ranger. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's cute. Kimberly is best. Yep. So next morning, uh, she's up early, obviously, because she has a small child. He sort of slowly gets up. Uh, we see his butt for a moment or two. So anyone who was like in Valkyrie, that is not Tom Cruise's real butt. That's stunt butt. We see Tom Cruise's butt in this movie. We see it in a couple other movies that Tom Cruise does not need a stunt butt. He has a very nice butt. <laughs> it was a good butt. Yeah. He goes out and he actually overhears Dorothy and the sister talking about what's happened and yeah Dorothy's just laying it all out on the table just feeling like you know what 
I love him. I love him. And she keeps saying I love him, how much she loves him and everything. And of course he overhears it. He busts him and everyone's so embarrassed they want to die. I don't know how everyone didn't just flee from that house immediately because yeah. I like the secondhand embarrassment. My God. Everyone lives in Canada now. The, yeah. The movie's <laughs> over. Yeah. <laughs> just set the house on fire and leave. Although like this scene in particular, I think really le- leans into your point before that this is a movie for men because it's set up so strongly that this is like a man's nightmare that a woman he's just slept with is saying I love him I love yeah. him and I'm sitting there thinking this is super unrealistic why is she doing that but I can totally see it yeah. as this like nightmare scenario for Tom Cruise but he takes it fairly chill and sits down for breakfast he's a good and, man yeah he's, a, he's such a good man see I told you this is what <laughs> this is what I'd say it's like making yeah not hashtag not all men basically yeah so I don't know they, they have had sex once she's in love with him now so I guess it was good really them. good sex. Yeah, it must have been really good sex. I mean, she talked about how she's had three lovers in the last four years and in all three cases she would have rather have a glass of wine and or a, cup, a cup of tea and a good book. Like, So she's had a very yeah, unsatisfying... <laughs> yeah, I don't know, even good sex. Man, who doesn't want those things more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we leave them for a bit. Uh, back to Rod, trying to get a, a deal. Uh, he's offered a really, really shitty deal that's like, I think it's a million or so for three years, which is obviously not something it's their not family feasible. can live off. Yeah. Um, so they're really upset and the, you know Rod and his wife are furious and rightfully so because he's, he's a good player and everything uh, Jerry's like I promise I'll get this fixed and like Marcy the wife's like have you go at him and Dorothy steps in and is like no how dare you he's broke and he's working for nothing for you he's broke 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 and Jerry dies of embarrassment again I don't know how he's stuck around because <laughs> he's, he's, he's dead he's <laughs> He's just in a hole dead. He is a slime now. He's just (laughs) melted. As she's saying that, she kind of realises he's not able to pay me and I have a really good job offer in San Diego. I'm being kind of ridiculous. So she says to him, I'm going to take the job offer in San Diego because you can't afford to pay me and I don't want to be a drain on you sort of thing. Because she is a delight. Well, and also, like, she keeps taking the blame for things that aren't really her fault. Like, oh, (laughs) I have feeling. Yeah, there's one of those coming up a bit later. So, yeah, she's, like, immediately goes, to her about to leave to drive over to San Diego for this new job and Jerry's kind of like you see him kind of panicking like I don't want to leave like I really I like her and also I kind of need her so he's like what if I asked you to marry me would you not leave then and of course because she's smitten with him she says yes (sighs) so yeah, wow, wonderful. It cuts immediately to them getting married and like in their backyard and Cuba Gooding Jr. is there singing. and Which is great. Yeah, and they're all wearing the most foul, taupe-coloured suits I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the little kid looks cute in his. That's That was really cute. He's cute throughout. Yeah, it's... he could wear just a bag of turds and he'd look cute as. So his little blonde hair and his little glasses, so cute. Like a little blonde Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they get married. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know who anyone watching this is like, oh, how romantic like it's it's so forced and so fast like I, I think they've only had sex once like it's it was that good yeah <laughs> no sex is that good sorry guys not even I would marry Tom Cruise after one route you say that I say that I would <laughs> probably marry Tom Cruise if I was already married I would marry Tom Cruise just if he looked at me to be honest but anyway I digress uh you had he had you at hello yeah he's like hello who I'm like okay I'll marry thank you yeah so he they're married for whatever reason for whatever reason uh it's quickly kind of set up though that it's not working super well because like at one point Jerry's flown out to do something some event with Rod and Rod's like, what are you doing here? You could have told me this over the phone. Why aren't you with your wife? Jerry doesn't say anything. He's like, you don't want to be home, do you? Like, why'd you marry her? And Jerry's like, loyalty. She was so loyal to me. Like, I had to, and he's like, 
wow, I guess that's Mm. an answer, isn't it? Uh, So, yeah, it's set up pretty uh, fairly quickly that maybe they've rushed into this. I mean, the the one... Shocking. One shag. What a revelation. Yeah. So there's a a really nice montage of uh, things like Rod playing football, Jerry traveling all over the place in different planes all the time, and Dorothy looking sad. Not quite a sports training montage that you'd expect, but it is nonetheless a some sort of montage. And then basically the marriage is clearly not doing too well. She ends up sort of sitting down with him and saying, basically just taking all the blame for it. She's oh. like, I you know, I put you in a position where you felt obliged to take me on and you wanted you know, wanted me to stay, so you asked me to marry you and uh, it's not really unfair, blah, blah, blah. When really the male in the, the position of power over her who oh. sort of lures her into his dumb new project and, you know, manipulates her into staying by pretending he loves her. Like, yeah, it's, it's all it's all him, but she just sort of takes him away. Which I, I see how many women have broken up with their partner saying, look, it's not you, it's me. And because it's safer to do that, really. But it's not even that, though. It wasn't that she was saying, it's not you, it's me. She was explicitly saying it was her fault. And it's like, this is her employer who's gotten drunk, come and macked on her and, like, felt her up to the extent that he felt he had to apologise, which of course he should. Mm. And then they've continued it. And then he's arming and ring and he can't say he loves her. And Yeah, no point in just yeah. he actually said I love you really. And then she gets a better job offer that will take her across the country with her son and decides <laughs> to throw a spanner in the works, ask her to marry him, gets her to stay, and then almost constantly leaves. Yeah. It's like never home. Like yeah. in the montage, she's like looking sadly at the empty chair, the, ki- the yeah. kitchen table and everything. Like she's this lonely single mum who's devoted to him and works for him. Like there's so much going on. At no point is this her fault. And like, I'm not even that hard on him. In- I should be harder on him for this situation, but it's certainly not her fault. No, it's not. It's not her fault. I mean, they, they, I guess you could look at it like they've kind of put themselves both in this position. Like, but at the most, yeah, no, it's all, it's all his fault. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I've never understood like I'm not saying he's God's gift to women as his character but why would this guy who is really powerful and everything like except I guess I set up that he doesn't like being alone like what about a single mum from outside the city would and a guy like that normally like why would he fall for her I actually think it's the kid I I, I think it's the kid there's one point when they're in bed together and like they're having a little bit of a it's almost becoming an argument and then the kid comes in it's like can I can I watch TV with you and she says just in a minute and he says oh just for a few minutes and he like he's hugging the kid and she's like looks at him like yeah I think I think that's when she realizes like oh I think he's mostly here because he loves my kid which and I and she also got is felt sort of fell for him because of how well he interacts with this kid but it makes so much sense though because the entire premise of his character is that he can't be alone there is nothing further from being alone than being a parent like yeah. there's this tiny little thing that's dependent on you that you need to be there at all times and he suddenly got this into his life so it's it's much more permanent than you know a, a girlfriend yeah. If he's got a child or a, a character that is essentially like his child, of course it's going to fulfill that. Yeah, they basically uh, have a decide to go on a break. At this point. Well, she she sort of tells him, like, your next road trip's basically going to be a, a nice long break. We were Which on you're... a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, as he leaves, the kid's asleep in bed and he has a big cry over it, uh, which is a very tender kind of moment. Um, he cries more about the child. He's like, yeah, set it up. He cries more over the child than the actual, you know, his wife saying, you should probably consider this a separation. So now we're up to Monday Night Football, which, from my understanding, is a very big deal. It's not the Super Bowl. Yeah but it must be something I close think, to, like sort of one of the big things leading up to. My understanding of 
American football comes from anime. So <laughs> how accurate it is, I don't know. All I know is, is what the players do. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's, it seems like it's really important. So Jerry goes to that match. This is the road trip they were talking about. He goes to watch this match, like as Rod's standing there looking a bit nervous because it's like, I think this is kind of like going to make or break his career, basically. And like Bob Sugar sort of strolls up and goes, where's Jerry? You know, if you came to me, I'd be much better for you. And Jerry like suddenly turns up and is like, get the fuck out of here, sugar. They have the game uh, and Rod is actually really badly, well, it seems like he's really badly injured. He has a really nasty fall and is knocked unconscious and Mila, his wife and his whole family and his new baby child, like watching this on TV and freaking out. Like she calls up Jerry and is like, oh my God, please tell me my husband's okay. Like I, I can't live without him. Kind of think my family will fall apart without him. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna, it's fine. He's gonna be fine. And as it turns out, he is fine. Which is wild to me because I'm so used to my sports dramas having them be paraplegic afterwards yeah. or die. Yeah. And then he's like dancing around. I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, is what he, I expected. He gets up and like, on the TV, they're like, really, like the commentators are like, oh, God, I sure hope his family's not watching while his entire family is absolutely watching. But he kind of comes, regains consciousness. So he's actually, I think he's st- scored the winning point. Scored a touchdown. Yeah, he's got a touchdown. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he, when he wakes, he opens his eyes. He's like, I just want to lay here a minute and take this all in. And cause I think he's realized he won the game. And is a big deal so he finally gets up and he's fine he's obviously just got you know a bit of a knock in the noggin and he's fine and then he finally does the thing that Jerry's been asking to him to do so many times oh it was one bit we missed in the locker room where he's like you need to show people that you're a nice person like playing this game because you love it not because you want to be paid well for it stop being such a prick yeah and he's like help me help you like he says that a few times that's the other famous line help me help you yeah so finally Rod is like oh I just did this really wonderful thing instead of just being like sort of surly and standoffish. He actually does this huge big dance, makes a big spectacle. He runs up into the crowd and everyone's like clapping and cheering. And so suddenly everyone's like, oh, he is really fun. After the game, he comes out and for once all the press are there. Like you see his face like, oh my God, the press are here for me for once. And, you know, Jerry's sitting there with like a knowing smile. And I think, I don't know, someone to do with the actual team goes past and like congratulates Jerry. And Jerry just was like the, mo- the finger rub, show me the money thing. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. Yeah, they have a nice moment where Rod is like, come here, Jerry. And they're like, they're hugging and crying and it's all very lovely and like you see another footballer there who's with Sugar and he's like why don't we have a relationship like that and Sugar's like oh and goes to hug him he's like no get out of here which is it setting up that Sugar was only in it for the money and was never there to be friends with any of his clients yeah so it's all very sweet but um at one point Rod's wife calls Jerry's cell phone while this is all happening Jerry watches him interact with his wife on the phone and it's all very sweet and obviously it looks like if you visually see Jerry having an epiphany like oh I think I love my wife hey maybe I should do something about that yeah he races straight home and you know he barges in and there's the divorcee meeting on yet again and for once Dorothy's actually kind of taking part of it and because normally she's like oh, I hate your man-hating group and this time she's kind of like no I've, you know I've, I've never I've always judged you ladies but now I'm starting to think that maybe you're right and he barges in and he's like I'm here to see my wife and he does this big like monologue about how much he loves her and you know one of his more things about loyalty and manners and all that shit and yeah and he does the whole yeah you complete me the other famous line and that's when she says shut up you had me at hello and it's all very romantic and all the women are crying and love yeah. isn't dead <laughs> like it took him that long it took him seeing you know there's other interactions with Rod and his wife being super lovely and like he doesn't get the hint and then finally I guess that was what it took and they all have a cry and it's still too soon and I don't think that marriage is gonna last no but it was it was a pretty sweet scene and like Tom Cruise is looking very handsome where he's like his teary eyes and he's like you 
complete me. I mean, it was a good speech. If yeah. you were going to come back to a woman, that would be a, a good speech to make. Yes. Like, ideally, if she hasn't seen the film Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine someone's like... Actually, yeah. I might be into it. Like, if you could quote it word for word, I'd be like, damn, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and it would work for me. I'm like, hey, that's a Tom Cruise movie you're quoting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd bet it for her if you just quoted, like, an entire Mission Impossible movie, but this will do as well. Uh, yeah, so they're all loved up, then kind of ends with rods on TV, like, they set up earlier that there's this is some sports show. It's probably very big in America where um, Rod's like, they always cry in that show. I'd never cry in that show. Then he's on that show and the host is like, you've had all these adversities. You know, your brother lost a leg, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're not going to make me cry. And then he's like, well, what about this? And gives him, you just got this contract and you're going to get $11.2 million for four years. And then he's like, oh, I'm crying everywhere. And he thanks his wife and everything and thanks Jerry. And it's all very lovely and sweet. And Jerry's finally done his thing and finally he's made some fucking money. And movie ends with the happy couple together with little kid Ray. And Ray chucks a baseball really well. And it's like, you're not turning my son into a baseball player. And he's like, oh. And that's it. That's the movie. So, uh, oh, and also, for some reason, we'd cut to Jerry's mentor, Dickie Fox, with a few random, if you're empty in the heart, then you're empty in the head. Oh, kind of yeah. Thing. It was... that Completely unnecessary. Yeah, I didn't understand. Nah, yeah. No, it sort of ended on that, actually, on Dickie Fox saying something. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. But yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. Very romantic, but mostly if you're a man, if you're a straight man. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I really liked it, actually. I, um, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be quite that quirky like as i said before it's super dialogue heavy and it's very and i mean this in the kindest possible way it's very up its own ass with yes. its dialogue it's everyone waxy lyrical about completely meaningless shit and nothing actually happens with the plot but that said one of my favorite movies is clerks so yeah. you know i'm, I'm all aboard that that's <laughs> fine it was also, like, we've focused a lot on the sexist elements yeah. of it, which, honestly, I don't even think it's super guilty of that. I think it's got a definite slant towards, yeah. you know, what men want in this scenario. Yeah. But I don't, it's not as bad as other movies, yeah, I guess, if it's it, it, Yeah, it, it had, like, some overtones of that sort of thing, but it could have been so much worse. I would prefer a movie about the sister, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> here we are. It was such a pointy critique of capitalism like maybe i'm just looking for that in every movie i watch nowadays but like what you just mentioned at the end with rudd on the show being like hey all of this really hectic shit's happened in my life and my family situation is this 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 that won't make me cry oh but i just got handed a contract yeah balls yeah like okay so this whole movie is about what's important to you in your relationships but at the end of the day you're still mostly moved by the contract the money yeah it's yeah it's um that's i think why i can't say i love this movie it's just i mean i don't understand sport if i was into football maybe i would feel differently but i yeah i I could never really work out what the point of it was well i actually didn't realize there was so much sport in this film i didn't know anything about that aspect of jerry's job which is funny because like my favorite genre in the world is sports anime i love sports anime and it had no appeal for me in this yeah. movie. Like, I don't understand what was going on. Like, there could have been no sports whatsoever and the movie would not have changed. Well, we does not have cute anime boys in this at any point. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that, that, That's valid. But, like, I don't know. I, it could have been literally any occupation and it wouldn't have changed the plot whatsoever. And apparently it was based on a real uh, oh, really? sports. Oh, really? I mean, that makes a difference. Yeah, <laughs> I know that Cameron Crowe spent three years 
writing this, so maybe that's why really? it's a little bit convoluted. Uh, apparently he originally wrote it with Tom Hanks in mind, but oh, by the no. time he finished, he thought Tom Hanks would probably be a bit too old. Tom I Hanks would have been too kind for it. Like, yeah. I couldn't have... It needed the assholishness that yeah. only Tom Cruise can really deliver. Yeah, because as if you're going to buy Tom Hanks being a bit of a jerk. I think the only... Like, he's in You've Got Mail, which yeah. I think would have been why you'd have that in mind at that era. Yeah. That works out, right? Sleeps in Seattle, yeah. You've Got Mail. Like, yeah, he was in a lot of those. But still, yeah, there's not enough... I don't buy him as an avid capitalist. Yeah. I mean, no. maybe in real life, but not in films. Yeah. Not even in real life. Tom Hanks seems like too nice a man. We yeah, so uh, that's the other... Oh, other little bit of trivia I found, because I thought it was very interesting, uh, apart from the Tom Hanks thing. Patricia Arquette, Bridget Fonda, Winona Ryder, and Marissa Tomei were all considered for the part of Dorothy. Oh, Winona would have been so good. Yeah. Damon Waynes and someone else, who I don't know, uh, were considered for the role of Rod. And... You can't go past Cuba, though. No, definitely not. Not for the 90s. Billy Wilder was considered for the part of Jerry's mentor, Dickie Fox. Maybe it would have been felt more relevant. Yeah, like, like I don't know. It, it was a strange thing that Dickie Fox bit. Yeah, so let's quickly have a think about the Tom Cruisesms in this movie. There weren't heaps. There was one running scene. There was running when. Uh, he thinks Rod's been seriously injured. You see him sprinting down like a dark corridor trying to find out what's going on. Like it was a proper, real proper fast-paced Tom Cruise run. Uh, as far as any of his action stuff, obviously not much. There was no stunts whatsoever. I mean, he fell over a couple of times. That was definitely Tom Cruise. So I guess that's a Tom Cruiseism. He did his own falling over stunts. He did some like super strange arm movements and like went real weird a lot. Yeah. Like, he so, jumped on the couch. I wouldn't say that Tom Cruiseism that he does those in lots of movies. As far as the person Tom Cruise I think they are like that whole like he says I'm not gonna flip out and he goes and then kind of flips out for a second like that was reminded me a lot of like the Oprah couch scene and like yeah the few things that we overreacted to in that were very Tom Cruise the person uh, not necessarily like you know not his movie trips yeah I think that's probably it for Tom Cruise's I mean like oh you know he's like the big smile the kind of laugh and everything a little bit of that but nothing overwhelming it was all yeah pretty low key in the terms of Tom Cruise's I think he was very likable in it as much as I kind I disagree with so many of his actions him the character I can understand the appeal oh yeah like when he came up to her at the the carousel at the airport with being super nice to her and he and she you could see her going like a heart of flutter if someone who I thought was really handsome I kind of respected from my work came up and was like I know not only know your name I know all these details about you like I, I pay attention you become like oh I'm going to swing your child around with yeah. you. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm parent material. Baby. Yeah, so I, yeah, he was very appealing. And I think, I don't think that's to the film's detriment. I think that was the whole point of the film. But I think that was a bit unrealistic that I think they should have made him a bit more asshole-ish maybe. More redemptive arc. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't have much to redeem. He just had to say he loved her and actually love her really. Anyway. Yeah, let's let's um, rate this movie. Oh. Uh, Want to go first? No, no, you go, you go first. Okay, uh, so we pick a rating system based on something we liked in this movie. I am going to give this movie, I'm just going to give it two naked Tom Cruise butts out of five. Because <laughs> that was a nice surprise. I forgot about that the first time. There was, yeah, Tom Cruise's butt. Just two because it's this movie was not made for me. Like, I like my action movies. I like my sci-fi. I like my big, I'm just not a romance movie kind of person. So I, I can understand why people love it, but yeah, not, not for me. Considering the time, I'm going to show you three monies out of five. Yeah, sure. Show me three monies. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a nice film. It's definitely a 
product of its time. It's definitely a Cameron Crowe movie. I definitely liked Vanilla Sky more of the two Cameron Crowe Tom Cruise movies. But yeah, it's nice. It's something to put on with your with your sweetie and watch them with especially if you're dating a man who isn't really into romance, he might like this one. He might. Yeah. That's all for review wise. How about where do we find you on the internet, Maddie? I am on the internet. So you can find me at MadFreezer, M-A-D-F-R-I-E-Z-A on Instagram and Twitter and a couple other places, but, you know, it's, pre- it's always the same. So thank you, you can- for having me. You're welcome. Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram, Tom Cruise Review on Twitter and my website, TomCruiseReviews.com. Yeah, that's, that's all from us today. I hope you enjoyed and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.